0: And if we could just continue to trust Him, I think we'll be all, we'll be all right. Yes, Amen. All right, Annabelle, can you get that up there? Julia, you're also here. Mm-hmm. I hand these guys out. I don't have enough. There's more people here than normal. What's going on here? Sunday. Yeah, missed <laughs> Sunday. They gotta get their fix. So um, we've been talking about harmony in the last little while, a few weeks. I was going to take a break from it, but then I didn't. Um, but uh, as we usually do when we have a series, we kind of give like an introduction at the beginning and recap what we've been talking about in case you're, you forgot or you missed a week or you don't know what's going on or you have a memory like I do. And I'm the one saying stuff, and sometimes I forget what I said by the end of it. And so, um, we've been talking about harmony. Um, There's a lot of points we're going to go over, and uh, we're taking our time. Um, This is something we've talked before in the past, but we we went through it a lot quicker. Um, But as we said, we're going through these different points. Um, Sometimes we can hear something come across the pulpit or even in the Bible when we're reading it. And uh, we just think, well, oh, that's not me. We just kind of brush it off. Um, but our, our prayer is that uh, we can be open and honest with God and His Word and let Him speak to us. Because um, I know myself, there are several of these things that I haven't perfected. Um, and we have been stepping on toes a little bit, but uh, that's what happens. It's not good preaching if you don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so there so are three um, kind of text key verses. They're all found between Romans six or 12 and 16, or 16 and 12, if you want to count backwards. Uh, Romans 12 and 16, it says, live in harmony with each other. Do not be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think you know it all. 14 and 19 says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. And 15 and 5 says, May God, who gives us patience and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for the followers of Christ and Jesus. So our everything we've been talking about comes from between Romans 12 and 16. Um, there's this kind of theme of harmony, and Paul points out several things we can do to have harmony in our in the church. That's the main goal. But if we, you know take these principles to heart and apply them to our, our, our life um, there'll be more harmony in our homes and our families and our own selves and so this this word's kind of scattered about there uh, but the the world that we live in because that's where we live unfortunately for now it's <laughs> it's very um divided and uh you know one side against the other nobody wants to hear the other side nobody wants to figure it out and work together um, and uh, if we're not careful this sort of attitude can creep into to our lives and into the church and that's not how God wants us to live, he's called us out of the world and so um, thankfully God just doesn't say, hey I want you to do this he tells us how to do things and so he's given us quite a bit of things to work on, so that's what we've been talking about because harmony hopefully is something we all want yes. Amen. or we should want yes. and if you're one of those people who like chaos and just want to live in that well have at it i guess there's nothing i can do to help you but we've been saying that most of this and it all starts with me and a lot of it can be traced back to pride yes. but it's all a lot of it is how I view you and how I treat you. And if I do that, then there's gonna be harmony in my life. And so, um, just a recap, in case you forgot, and yeah, it's on your paper there. And pretty soon the whole page is gonna be full of past <laughs> points, so I don't know what to do. I this to start handing out booklets. But um, we talked about, the first thing was our, our need to sacrifice ourselves. Um, and our will to lay ourselves on the altar, present ourselves a living sacrifice. Uh, and if we do, don't do do that, then none of this other stuff is going to work. So we just sum that up in one word, repentance. Uh, we learn that we aren't a big deal. Sorry. Uh, the only big deal is Jesus. And so that's, that's a little dose of humility there. And we need to realize that everybody is different, and we need to control our expectations based on that. I'm not you, and you're not me, and I shouldn't expect you to be me, and you shouldn't expect me to be you, or someone else. When we don't do that, when we put all these expectations on people to be this or that, um, instead of who they are and who God's asking them to be, it causes a lot of conflict. And uh, that is the opposite of harmony. Uh, We talked about giftings and how we all have different gifts in the Bible tells us to, to use these gifts to strengthen the church. He talked about um, encouraging, teaching, prophesying, giving, leading, showing kindness, and serving. And most of these gifts, they, they aren't spiritual. You know, we hear gifts in the church, and we're all prophecy, or messages, and poems and all that stuff. But you know, showing kindness, serving, giving, encouraging. These are things that anybody can do, and so if we can do these things, there's going to be harmony. Uh, We talked about getting carried away. I'm going to preach things already preached. Um, Love and uh, how we need to really love people. Don't pretend because people don't like that. You can tell, and it's it's pointless. Uh, talk about practicing help and hospitality, being there and supporting each other, blessing our persecutors. That was a, that was a fun one. Enjoying the company of each other, just getting to know each other. You know, it's hard to care about people you don't know anything about. We get to know each other, um, enjoy each other's company. Uh, back to humility again, just in case you were getting full of yourself. Uh, don't be a know-it-all. Nobody likes that. It's probably one of my least favorite kinds of people. (laughs) I'm sure everybody thought of someone in their head. Um, And don't take revenge. So We need to learn to forgive and let things go. Uh, Live in peace with everyone. Not just people like you. Not just people you like. But the Bible says, with every man. This isn't even just everybody in the church. This is everybody. Live in peace. And so... um, Going along with that, we talked about submitting to authorities, that was a fun one, and uh, not owing, Um, anything to each other, paying our taxes, i spent a long time with that, (laughs) (laughs) let's go with the shortest one. Um, And then last week we talked about not participating in the darkness, we talked about holiness, uh, we talk also about accepting other believers, especially those who are weaker in the faith. And apparently, I didn't get that up there. And then the last one, um, rub back peace again, um, about not arguing over nothing. You know, some people like to just argue, and all it does is cause problems. Whether you think it's fun or not, just And I said that I'm at that point in my life, where if you want to be wrong, go ahead. (laughs) All right, hopefully we can all get there someday. You don't know, two plus two is seven? Yep, you're right. Go ahead. And so, we're gonna carry on. Um, We have three don'ts and one do. I don't know what's easier for you to do, the don'ts or the do's. I don't know, so we'll see. So the first one is, um, don't condemn each other. So Romans 14 and 13, um, it says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. And we'll just read that because we're going to finish the rest of the verse later. And so the New Living says it this way, so let's stop condemning each other. So this one kind of tags in with the last couple that we talked about. You know, if we're going to accept each other, and not argue over silly things, then we need to not condemn or judge each other, too. You can't really accept somebody and also condemn them at the same time. So even if if they make you mad or angry, even if they hurt you, even if they've done something that you didn't like, it's not your job to condemn them. It's not your job to judge them. That's up to God. And so we need to stop pretending we're God for one and stop judging each other and condemning each other. One of the worst things a church does is judge and condemn. And um, it's been hinted at a few times already. We talked about expectations um, and how we put certain unrealistic expectations on people to be like so-and-so. And, and when they don't or shocker, or they aren't, like this person or that person, then we'll judge them. I'll use pastors as a fun example because it's an easy one to judge. Um, I don't know if you do it to me or not. You go ahead, but if you want to have chaos in your life, have at her. <laughs> but uh, most people um, have an idea of a pastor in their head. When you say a pastor, you've got this image in your head. And whether we realize it or not, that image usually is of a specific person. And more often than not, unless somebody's been there for a while, it's the pastor who we came into the church under, or the one who was there during um, maybe the the formative years of our faith. So maybe you got baptized under one guy and he, he, he left, and then somebody else came and really, you know, that could be the case. But it's generally this one person who was had a lot of an impact on your life. And that's how that's how it is, I find. And with me, when I picture a pastor, it's the pastor who I had, I would say, I don't know if these numbers are completely accurate, but from the ages of, of 7 to 19 or so, I had the same pastor. And I remember then um, when he left, the things that were said about the next guy who came in and his wife and, and his kids and the, the judgments and the condemnations and the things that people said because he, for no reason other than he wasn't the other guy. Yes. And they were perfectly fine as pastors. Um, they had a, a lovely family. I'm still friends with, with the family. They you know, all different different strengths and weaknesses than the last guy. Um, but because he wasn't exactly the same, people get upset, and when people get upset, what we often do is we lash out, and when people lash out, one of the things they do is they judge and they condemn, or put others down, you know, the whole thing, put others down to make yourself feel better. So I'm upset, so I want to feel better, so I'm going to put somebody else down. And so that's what people do. And and, you know, they don't just do it to the pastors. That was just an easy example. And I don't know. Uh, but they'll do it to saints in the church. They'll do it to new converts as well. Well, they're not growing fast enough. Well, why are they still doing this? Or why haven't they stopped doing that thing yet? And oh, again, they're not serious about it. They need to, whatever. And, and we, you know, we talked before about loving each other and enjoying each other as company. And you can't do that. And condemn one another. And too often, we as a church, we act like the, the other brother in the prodigal son story and forget that we've also been the prodigal. And we can hear this and say, well, I don't I won't do that. But then we get together with some folks. And it's a whole lot of, well, did you see what they said? Or did you... Did you see what they did? Did you, oh, did you catch what she was wearing? Or <laughs> what those kids were doing? Or, you know, can you believe it? Well, I never. Lawful heart, her hair's is as red as carrots. <laughs> something. There's something. There's always something. And I find there's, there's certain people that seem to bring it out of you. <laughs> and maybe we should avoid those people. But, you know, it's it's an easy thing to fall into. Um, and for, it's, just, it's one of those things that we're, we're okay with it as long as we're the ones doing it. <laughs> but we don't like being on the other end of it very much. No. And um, so what we need to do is we need to just give each other the, the benefit of the doubt. You know, same thing we tell our kids, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. I don't know why all the things we try to teach children we forget when we get old, but older. But that's, anyways, it's real comfortable in here. I guys. So. Where was I? I got to stick in my notes or I'm gonna get in trouble. But sometimes, sometimes people have bad days Sometimes we got things going on in our heads. Sometimes we got things going on in our homes that no one else knows about. Sometimes things come out wrong. And, and so we need to stop condemning someone because of something that they said or did in, in a moment of whatever. You don't know what they're going through. Maybe they said something and they didn't mean it. And you know, we're just gonna judge and oh, come down on them. You know, we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. The same the same courtesy and grace that we would want and that was us you know if I was having a bad day and I well I've, I've said some things that i shouldn't have said as a especially as a pastor but as a Christian or anyone like i've said some things that I've, it's, it just came comes out and sometimes and have someone just you know beat up on you and judge you and hold that against you for the rest of your life it's it's not, you know, you wouldn't want that to be done to you either. And so, um, yeah, it's, Brenda's got it. <laughs> it's not, that's not what Jesus does. And so we need to stop condemning and judging everybody on every little thing that's that comes out or said or done or whatever. And if you remember, we said a lot of these things can be related to pride. And what we do is we get our nose up in the air because we think we're... All this and all that, and oh, well, that person, oh, they're definitely below me because I would never do what they just did or say what they just said. And so, and so that's we just pile on and it makes us feel better about ourselves and pops us up a little bit more. But that's not the way to do it. We need to accept each other and then kind of give each other some space, some grace, leave each other alone in that sense. Don't judge each other. And condemn each other, show grace and forgiveness, and let us be people that make mistakes and fall and get back up. You know, as a, a young person in my church, I did so many stupid things. So many things. I hurt people, I did all kinds of things I shouldn't have done. I failed so much, but my church continued to love me and support me and give me a, a second chance and a Seventy-fourth chance, I just kept being there and refusing to. I mean, there there was some that wanted to judge and condemn, sure, but for the most part, the church supported and, and loved, and and that's why I'm still here. You know, when someone falls, and we just gang up on them all, and oh, they didn't. And then we just, oh, we were right. They 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 didn't. They weren't serious. They didn't want to make it. But did we help? So, anyways, that wasn't my notes, but let's get back to it. If we, the church, should be a place of grace where we can fail, where it's okay to fail, where we can mess up, it should be the place where that is okay. In fact, when we fall, the church should be the place where we can come and not feel condemned, because Romans eight and one says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walked not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if Jesus is not condemning us, we need to stop doing it to each other because we are going to fall. We are going to fail. We're human. And so we need to show grace, mercy, and kindness to each other and help each other up and not kick them when they're down, support them, stop condemning. Paul said, Let us not therefore judge one another Anymore. This implies that this was an actual issue that was happening. He wasn't just saying this for fun. You know, it's a tale as old as time. People like to judge and condemn. This isn't something that Paul came up with by himself either. This wasn't a new thought. Jesus said something very similar, you may remember. But Matthew, you wondering how long it would take me to get here. Matthew 7 said, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye... Judge ye shall be judged. That's a fun one to say, real quick. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but not considerest not? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. I can't read these ones fast. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite! First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt then shalt thou. See clearly to cast out the bone on their brother's eyes. Well, Jesus, he said, the first principle of judging is it begins with me. If you are going to judge anyone, Jesus said, you need to judge yourself because there will come a time when we will all stand before God and be judged. And the way that Jesus words it here implies that this is a once and for all judgment. So if we constantly look inward and judge ourselves instead of outward and judging others, around us we will be much better prepared for that final judgment the pharisees were famous for constantly judging everyone but they never looked inside themselves and never thought that god would judge them too because they were too busy doing it to everyone else and jesus in this passage he's teaching his disciples in the sermon on the mount and he's helping them kind of figure things out relearn some things that they had been taught all their lives and they had been taught by these Pharisees and how they lived, their example, and that the Scriptures were a weapon to hold others down and, and to build themselves up, to use it to judge and to hide your own sins. But Jesus was still no stop. You're all going to be judged one day, so stop worrying about everyone else's sins and everyone else's shortcomings. They're accountable to God. Worry about your own self. All right? Make sense? For some reason, we like to judge and condemn others while expecting grace and forgiveness for us. If you want to judge people, Jesus said, the way that you judge people, that's the way you're going to be judged. So if you want to be super critical to every little decision that someone else makes, go ahead. But um, that's coming back to you. I've known people in my life who are super harsh and angry and judgmental on everyone around them. And, you know, they were the only ones that were good enough to be saved. Everyone else was going straight to Halifax. And then one day, it all kind of turned on them, and all of a sudden, their decisions were being questioned and criticized and scrutinized and judged, and they couldn't deal with it. And they blew up, and it was a mess. And so let's not do that sort of thing. If you remember the gifts from chapter 12, let's use these instead. It says, over in this grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the gift of prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Let's do that instead of judging. Use your mouth for prophecy. <laughs> uh, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's to give, give generously. If God is... Give you a leadership ability to take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. These are the things that we should do instead of condemning or judging one another. If you want to have friction and chaos in, in the church, then go ahead. Start judging and condemning each other. You know, if you want to have um, chaos in your marriage, start judging and condemning your spouse for every little thing. See how that works out for you. Let me report back to me next week on Valentine's <laughs> Day. If you want to have, you know if you want, that'll do it. No one likes being judged for every little thing and criticized. Anyway, we'll move on. You got the point. Um, don't uh, cause others to stumble. That's the rest of verse 13 he says. Um, King James, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And the New Living says, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So the King James says, if if you're going to judge something, if you you know you got this hankering for judging, that's that's definitely what it says, the King James, hankering for judging. It's right in there. If you got this, if you. No, it's not. If you you really need to judge something, why don't you judge this and make sure that no one, (laughs) that you're not causing anyone else to stumble. If you really want to judge something because you just got that itch to judge that needs to be scratched, judge whether or not you're causing anyone else to stumble or fall. Don't bait people in. To sinning, and this may sound twisted because it is, but some people will tempt others to sin. Maybe they won't word it as such, but do something that you know will lead them to that. And see, I told you they weren't—they weren't serious about God. We'll put stumbling blocks in people's way, and then wonder why they trip. I don't know. I guess this one's a serious one. If you if you know that someone struggles with something, don't invite them to do it. No. Or don't lead, like do something that'll lead them to it. No. You know, it goes back to the accepting and not arguing well, this isn't about like things that, you know, these aren't I don't know. Things that are black and white. Sometimes there's things that you know God works on me. That I need to avoid because it'll lead me somewhere, and hopefully, if you're perfect. Maybe there's things that God works on you that have you avoid. This is about not trying to force people to do these other things, and causing the all the the stuff. I told this. I think I told this story before. Now there's a restaurant in St. John where I'm from. Um, it's quite well known. The chef from that restaurant, he was on Top Chef Canada. He did not win, but he was pretty good at it. Um, It's called The Ale House. And um, when I was younger, I'm more wise and mature now, but maybe. um, I didn't think that I should eat at a place of The Ale House. Um, My father struggled with uh, alcohol, and I wanted nothing to do with that. For that, that was the main reason. I didn't want anything, I didn't, um, I wasn't comfortable around anything that had anything to do with it. Um, and uh, and this caused a big kerfuffle with some of our, our friends because they were church folk, and they, they wanted to go because it has good food. I mean. It's a good restaurant, I guess. I haven't eaten there yet, but um, it was it was well known for it was one of the better restaurants in, in town. And they were nearby, and they all wanted to go. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing it um, because of this. And, and they got into a big argument with us. Well, all, well, the pastor eats here. And I'm like, well, I'm not the pastor. I just I'm just not going to do it. And normally, I don't really I don't like confrontation. But for some reason, I was like, "No, I'm not backing down here." So, um, and I just kept pushing it, and then it ended up we, we broke up with the two groups, two me and my, my brother and I, and this other girl that I think wanted me to like her, maybe, <laughs> so she would agree with whatever side I was on. But they were like, "Yeah, we'll go. And we we got donairs or something somewhere else, and they're eating fancy stuff, steaks or something. I don't know." But then. It was just it made this really uncomfortable um, thing because before I had gone to Boston Pizza with some non-church people, uh, a friend of mine from sc- from high school had kind of invited me, and in. I was friends with another one, and it was this other person's birthday, and so it had been the first time that I had been out as a adult with you know non-church people, and. It was, I didn't even think of it and they all ordered drinks and they were all drinking and I was like oh I did not know this is what we're doing because I've been going to restaurants my whole life nobody's ever drank I didn't even realize that it was a thing people did I just knew it was on the menu I'm like who orders that weirdos and so and I I had written about this online or something before Facebook I used to have this blog thing that would write on and somebody from the church that got a hold of that and just judged me like, for being with these heathens and not standing up for whatever. And so I was, all this stuff's going on. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to this, this restaurant and all this. And so it was this big conviction I had. Um, and, 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 and there was just, it just made this big issue that didn't need to be an issue. Um, and it quite literally split our group in two for, for the evening, anyway. But you know that's the way it is in, in church. You know, some people have different convictions. Part of being in the church and part of having harmony is giving room to others to live their convictions as well as yes. ours. And there's nothing wrong with going to these restaurants. But if someone feels there is, then not right for me to cause you to stumble to force you to do it you know I grew up with some kids in, in our youth group and they were pulled out of public school um, because they were just dealing and they were getting involved with the wrong crowd And they were um, like one of my friends he had started smoking a little marijuana which is legal now I guess but um, and uh, the parents took them out of, of public school, and, and some of them were homeschooled. And there was a, a little Christian school that some of them ended up going to. And I can think of three or four specific ones from growing up were taken and, and either put in the Christian school or homeschool because, they, because of this sort of same sort of thing. Um, and because of that conviction that their parents had that they thought was best through prayer and through counsel and stuff um, they're still in in the church and it worked in in that case because they followed what God was, There's nothing wrong with going to public school I went, I graduated I'm still here and lots of people go to public school and they they make it but these parents felt like no this isn't going to work and if the pastor had come along and said no you got to put them in public school you got to keep them in there you know, it might have destroyed these kids. And one of them, he's a pastor now, and one of them, another one, she's married to her and her husband are a pastor. A daughter work. so like these people, they they made it, but at that point there there was something, you know, they then there was a sort of a conviction on, on their parents' part. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they the force forced them to stay in this. It would have it would have probably ruined some of their lives and caused them to stumble quite a bit. Um, and it's, it's it's all these little things that we live and these decisions that we make based on our conscience or our, our conviction or the Word of God or the principles. And then all this was before Facebook, before everyone had opinions about everything everyone else did. Or if we did, nobody knew about it. But like, all these little things that we do, you know, um, well, God works and speaks and talks to us through these things. And we all have different stories, all come different places, and uh, everyone's got different convictions about different things because surprise, surprise, so are different people. And we have different struggles and different, all these different things and different weaknesses, and there are things that God will tell someone not to do, maybe go into a restaurant that serves alcohol because they used to be an alcoholic and they don't need to be around that. Or, or maybe you know, it's the public school thing, and, and they're in with the wrong crowd, or whatever. Um, and there, there are these things that God will deal with us that are there to help keep us on the straight and narrow. And so to argue about those things with people, we heard last week was, was wrong. And so we don't need to try to prove they're wrong. Oh, that's stupid. Why would you even do that? You know, my friends probably shouldn't have argued with me to try to make me go to that restaurant. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just a, a meal and go to a different time without me, you know? Whatever. Um, but in order to have harmony, we have to be able to give and take a little bit and just work with each other and respect each other and where you've come from. And you know, When we all get there, it'll be worth it. It won't matter if we didn't go to that restaurant. It won't matter if I graduated with a GED or or whatever or if I got a high honors in the high school that doesn't matter in the end it's about making it <laughs> and so um, you know this all kind of goes back to being peacemakers. all this stuff's kind of intertwined um, but harmony happens when we accept each other and so we're supposed to build each other up and not set up stumbling blocks to tear one another down. Um, Even sometimes just trying to bait someone into an argument can be a bit of a stumbling block. You know someone's trying to watch what they say and you provoke them to wrath. And now they're saying things they didn't want to say and they've been trying their hardest. You know that's not very helpful. Um, You know I had a, there was a guy in Bible college, there was a guy with a short fuse. And the boys just loved to push him until he'd blow up. Because it was fun to watch him blow up. And he would say something he shouldn't say, and then he'd feel miserable about it. You know, this isn't the way we should be. Um, so don't cause someone to stumble or fall the sin. Um, Paul said, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. This is a conscious decision that we need to make. No one's going to make it for you. No one's going to force you to do it. This starts with, again, It starts with me. I need to decide that I'm going to live in such a way that I will not cause someone else to stumble and fall. I don't want to be the reason that someone doesn't make it to heaven. Sometimes that can also mean that we don't do something for the sake of someone else because their salvation is worth it. I've got a lot of stories tonight, but um, another story, my pastor growing up, Brother Goddard, um, he never wore a wedding band. You know some pastors are against that jewelry. Um, sometimes I wear one sometimes I take it off and then forget where I put it. Um, but he, he didn't preach against it. He was fine. Uh, I think his wife wore one, as far as I can remember. Um, but he didn't because um, before he became our pastor, he worked at Tupelo Children's Mansion. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is. It's a home in um, Tupelo, Missouri, I believe, or Mississippi, one of the misses, um, Mississippi. Mississippi. Um, and um, anyway, it's a, it's a home for, for troubled kids, kids that are abused and, and things, and, and they, they go and they live in this home. Um, it's run by the United Pentecostal Church, um, so they have like chapel, and they've got all these different things. And so he, he, he was working there, and um, one day a, a little boy saw him and just started freaking out and crying and screaming and losing his mind. And they're like, what is, your, what is wrong? What's, what are you doing? And they called each other uncle or auntie, whatever the names were. And he said, Uncle Eddie's wearing a ring. And what happened was the man who used to beat this child wore a lot of rings. And so whenever this kid, Saw a man with a ring, he thought he was going to get it. And so this poor little guy did. To him, rings on a man were you know, trouble, abuse. And he's like, Well, he said, I took my ring off and I, it's not worth it. Like It's perfectly fine to wear it if you want, but to him, it wasn't worth this little boy's peace of mind and his salvation was more important than his personal preference and his right to do whatever he wants. And so that's it's kind of what being a family is about. Sometimes we we can give things up to make room for others. And that makes sense. Um, so don't cause others to stumble. Um, and this one kind of just goes along with that. Don't press the issues that stress the others. Don't press the stress. Romans 14 and 15 says but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat. Now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Now that's a little complicated. It says, if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. So this kind of goes along with the, the ring story, kind of go together. and takes into the last one. But in those days, it, it was a big deal. Um, meat was a big deal, um, in their heathen society, people would often sacrifice meat to idols, and then when it was um, sacrifice was over, they'd resell that meat for a bargain, and some the some people, um, that's a good deal. I don't believe in those idols. There's no power. I'm gonna get this roast beef on sale. <laughs> And other people were like, no, I came out of that. I know what that means, and I'm not going to eat it. And how can you sit there and worship with me in church and eat that stuff that I know was offered to idols? And so people were torn. And so he's saying, you know, what's interesting is he, he doesn't say which, you know, what way is right or wrong. He doesn't say this, this side's right, this side's wrong. Um, but he says, if this is an issue of contention between brothers and sisters, then stop it. Well, with a lot of us, we want to be right. We want to know that we're right. But that's not what matters all the time. Right. Right. Well, doctrine, yes, we need to be, that needs to be right. We need to believe the right things and certain things we need to agree on. But we don't need to let trivial things divide us. Paul says, don't let something simple divide that doesn't matter. Like meat divides you. you know, don't let something trivial come between you. Don't, don't let you wanting to get a good deal on meat and eating it cause someone else to lose faith and be destroyed. Don't make your, your right of wearing a ring ruin a little boy's life. Right. Like being right in this instance isn't what matters. The unity of the body is what matters we're not all going to agree on every single thing and we're going to have different convictions about certain things and there's going to be things that i do that you don't agree with and there's going to be things that you do that i don't agree with as long as it's not you know if the bible's not saying specifically this thing then we need to let it go and don't press the issue Don't every time you get together with someone oh okay i got my meat from the idols today oh did you like that stew I was idle beef you know don't press the issue <laughs> because believe it or not our actions affect others what we say and do and how we live affects others in the church and outside of the church so don't be the reason that someone loses out with God if it's offending someone else you're not showing love he says by continuing to do it if you're going uh, if you're doing it to get someone riled up you're in the wrong um, and, you know, the meat thing's not as big a deal now, but the principle is still the same. You know, now we've got our social media and things and we like to post things, you know, without thinking right. that they can have an effect on someone else. I don't know if you ever posted something thinking about someone. Well, I hope they see this. <coughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get them going. If that's the case, then delete it. <laughs> Because your heart isn't in the right place. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. Uh, I think it was Brother Woodward. People are always asking, Can I do this? Can I do that? And be saved? Can I do this and be saved? Or whatever he said. That's not the right question. The question is, is it wise? Is this the right thing? Like, is it wise for me to do this? That's what we should be asking. Whether or not we can isn't what doesn't mean that we should. So we have a responsibility to each other, and that responsibility is the last one, to build each other up. So verse 19, we've read this, I think, several times every week. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Or you may remember this version. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. So we are stronger together. We are stronger when we have harmony. We are stronger when we build each other up. If I build you up, encourage you, and use my gifts, you become stronger. And if you do it to me or for me or whatever you want to word that, I become stronger. And if we, you and I, are stronger, the church is stronger, isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And so this also includes those who may be weaker in the faith that we talked about last week. And this is all of us. We build each other up. You know pick on gang up on people that are weaker, you build them up. Um, so let's aim for harmony, he says, and build each other up, not tear down, not attack, not run you know through the mud. and how do we build uh, how do we build up? 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. If you notice encouraging and building up are connected. That's how you build each other up. You know, we pray for each other, yes. We support each other, yes. But we encourage each other. That's how you build each other up. When was the last time, and this is where it's where for me too, when was the last time you just said something encouraging to someone else? Hey. I really noticed you're digging in on Sunday, except we were digging out Sunday. But I really noticed you're worshiping a little more. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, I really noticed you've been you've been at church more than you usually have been. You know, that's wonderful. When's the last time we said that to, to someone? You know, I appreciate you because you're so sensitive to the spirit and I you know, really like we you pray or you know when's the last time we encouraged someone built each other up and that's something I know I need to be better at as well but but that's how we do it we encourage each other and it's something that anyone can do but it's something that nobody wants to do <laughs> Nobody seems to do. But that's how we build each other up. Um, yeah. I don't have this, but some of you know um, Sister Della, right? Cole, mm-hmm. she was Sister Lewis when I knew her. Um, I went to Bible school my um, first year and it was kind of just yeah, it wasn't what I expected. You know, I went in thinking I was gonna—I don't know—learn how to preach or something, and I didn't. It wouldn't even let me preach. Can You believe that whole year? It wouldn't even let me preach. It's terrible. Anyways, it was—it was kind of a frustrating thing um, the way it was. And then one day, I just got checked the mail. And, and there was a card for me, and it was from Sister Della Lewis, now Cole, um, and she just, I can't remember what it said, but she just wrote me a, a note saying that she was praying for me and proud of me and all this this stuff. And I was like, this is what I needed right now, because I was just feeling frustrated And why I'm even hearing this sweet old lady in our church. Wasn't my grandmother. It wasn't like you know, just just random. saint in the church. Called, like writing me a card and, and encourage me. And I've got another card from another guy down on my desk. He gave me like 20 years ago. Just all just. It's just, like little things like that really help someone and build you up. It's like you know what? Maybe maybe I can stick this out and maybe I can continue doing it. It It's just something simple. She probably forgot she even did it. But, I don't know. It's the little things like that that really help. Um, And It's encouraging and it helps build us, build each other up. Anyways, that's enough stories. I think this whole lesson was all stories. (laughs) But if we go back to the gifts in chapter 12 that we've read already. Um, we can use them to strengthen and build each other up. And that means that we need to swallow our pride sometimes. Sometimes that means thinking of others first. And sometimes we don't want to encourage someone because they might not accept it or they might not receive it and then I feel silly. That's what we never do. But sometimes it means we need to just push that to the side and do it anyway. Whether or not you know, that's up to them, I guess. Um, it means, you know, praying for and being there for each other and doing all the things we've already talked about. And by doing these things, we can aim for harmony, we can build each other up. And if it's not edifying, if it's not building up the church, the saints, yourself, then the question is, is it worth doing? Right. Because that's what we should be doing. We've only got so much time, you know, in the day, in our lives. We can always spend it, you know. So we ask ourselves that question, is this helping? Is this building? Is this encouraging? And if not, then maybe we should find something that that does that. Am I using my gifts the right way? Does that make sense? Alright, well. That was a little rough, but (laughs) it's better than the taxes and politics one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to just pray for a couple minutes, if that's all right, um, for these things. Uh, So you were here. You heard what we talked about. Uh, So we're just going to take a couple minutes, I think maybe a minute or two each, and we'll just pray. Let's pray for these things that um, we wouldn't condemn, we wouldn't uh, cause others to stumble, we wouldn't press the stress, and we'd build each other up. So we're going to have some things on the screen like we do when we do our focus prayer, but let's just pray together um, for these things tonight.